Nate Johnson is off to the transfer portal, but Kyle Whittingham is officially staying put at Utah. All that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcast. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. We'd love interacting with all of you in the comments and on various social media platforms, including our Locked On Utes Twitter handle. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by our great friends at Game Time. You can download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. My name is JT Wistersill, former intern inside the of Utah Athletic Department. And on today's show, we're going to be talking about Coach Winningham officially staying put. Duke is set to hire, or excuse me, Texas AM is set to hire former Duke coach Mike Elko. So talking about Wit remaining at Utah and also just talking a little bit further about how legit of a chance there may or may not have been if of Wit if he was offered the job, if he would have taken it or not. But first, got to start with Nate Johnson officially announcing his transfer. He's one of a few players who have now transferred. We will be diving into some of those other transfers throughout the week, but specifically want to dive into Nate Johnson. Quarterback, of course, being the most important position on the field. And there was a time, myself included, even looking back to last year, where we all thought Nate Johnson was the future of the quarterback position for this Utah program. But of course, this season didn't quite pan out the way he had hoped. Nate Johnson on the season through 39 passes, excuse me, completed 39 passes through 72 of them overall was sacked eight times, had three passing touchdowns, two touchdowns on the ground, five carries for 51, or excuse me, 59 carries for 235 yards with those four touchdowns. Actually, as I was getting the, the 22 and 23 stats a little mixed up there, but Nate, a great season for Nate on the ground. And, you know, as we mentioned, didn't have that same success through the air, unfortunately, but um, it was a weird season for Nate Johnson. Going back to the Florida game was using kind of that dual threat capacity, had six carries for 45 yards against Florida with the lone touchdown, also threw a couple of passes. Baylor game, we only saw him a little bit in that one, but then late, early on, and then of course late, he came in against the Baylor Bears and led Utah on that late drive when Bryson was really struggling, helped them win a game, ran in the touchdown. That's probably the moment we'll remember most about his time at Utah. Weaver took care of business. UCLA game really struggled, but Utah still won. Oregon State game also struggled. And then we saw him briefly against Arizona State, had another great rushing touchdown, and briefly against Arizona too. But this was a move that Should not come as a surprise. I mentioned those struggles against the Oregon State game and before that against UCLA. He was, of course, benched in the Oregon State game. Nate just, it was, it just didn't click for, for you, for Nate and this offense overall. Nate struggled with accuracy throughout the season and just, you know, seeing the field at times, I, I think that's fair to say just based on how it played out. Those are things that Bryson Barnes did better than him. Hence one of the reasons that he, Nate is no longer at Utah anymore. Nate understandably wants to play. He wants to continue to play quarterback too, of course, as we know. And I think there was potential with how Utah had kind of started to use him later in the year that he would be shifted into that Jaquindon Jackson, Sione Vaki converted running back mold had he stayed here because it just didn't seem to be working for him as a quarterback in Andy Ludwig's offense. And under Understandably so, Nate Johnson has decided to transfer. So my thoughts on this are, number one, it's just a bummer. I'm someone I really enjoyed Nate's game. Just the flashes he showed in the 2022 season led me to really think and 
that we'd see him a little in 23 with Cam back and then 24 that he would be the guy going forward. I just felt like that special ability with his legs and that ability to make plays, which we saw even more so this season, dusting defenses like Florida, making plays against other uh, defenses throughout the season with his legs. We saw that special uh, Baylor, of course, being a key example. We saw the special ability he has with his mobility and still some nice throws he made throughout the season, but wasn't able to put it all together, especially from a passing standpoint in the, some of Utah's bigger games, particularly being that Oregon State one. So it doesn't work out. And I wish it would could have worked out. I really like Nate, just the person is everything we've seen based on as well. And I'm going to be rooting for him uh, to see where he goes next and always hoping that he continues to find, he'll continue to have success wherever that is. As success is in, obviously, Utah won a lot with Nate on the team. Hopefully, Nate can go do that somewhere else and be a starter. I totally understand, too, all of these guys when they want to go somewhere to be a starter. You work really hard, you prepare, you practice. Also, we know that Cam's coming back for another season, so Nate wouldn't have played, and he would have been in the mix with the Isaac Wilsons of the world and just another quarterback battle. And I understand if he wants to transfer and go to somewhere, and, of course, Brandon Rose, too, being in that. I understand him wanting to go somewhere else where he sees more of a clear path for playing time because just with his ability with his legs, I still believe he has a chance to play quarterback at the FBS level. I'm not sure it's on a power five level right now, but I do think he has a chance to play at the FBS level. I think he would do great things at the FCS level too. his legs making him so difficult to tackle. And I think accuracy, he is only a sophomore still. So still trying to grow and develop that aspect of his game. I could see Nate being a really effective college quarterback. The one thing I'll say, I don't love, and this is just a personal thing. I'm never going to love when guys transfer a little early could Utah have used Nate Johnson? Yes, but I will also I can also look at the situation and understand it from Nate's perspective of if he had two things. And this is having not talked to Nate Johnson or anything. This is just me looking at it like, okay, why would Nate transfer early? Number one, if he had played against Colorado and gotten hurt, that would have drastically decreased his value in the transfer portal. College football has become a business with the NIL factor labeled into it now. And if Nate had gone out there and gotten himself hurt, his value in that business sense would have been decreased. So he probably wouldn't have had the same opportunities. And number two, it's good to be early in the portal. There's lots of teams that are already starting to look for certain things like that. So I'm sure Nate and is now able to communicate with teams earlier than a lot of guys who might be sticking out or are waiting to decide and transfer. Nate's at the front of the line in some of those regards. So I do think this is a good move by him in that sense. Utah could have used him, as I mentioned. So that's where just as a fan of Utah and just personally, just my football philosophy is I like to see guys finish out the season but as I said, Nate is entitled to make his own decision, and I think it was the best decision for Nate Johnson. I think that that the decision they came to was the right one for him, especially considering if he had gotten hurt. So can totally see the reasons for that as well. But um, when you look back at Nate's time at Utah, I still think there's a number of fun plays and moments, whether it's the long touchdown against Florida, the packages he was even used back in the 2022 season where he ran for, I can't remember if it was three or four touchdowns now, but even the, you know, the touchdown, the throwing one he had to Logan Kendall, uh, Utah's physical fullback back then too. So, so many fun moments sprinkled throughout. And I do still believe, as I kind of discussed, that Nate can be an effective player elsewhere just because of his his potent legs, especially when you talk about how he could be using the designed running game. I, I should also say this. I didn't think Utah used him correctly when they were in there. And then part of that is on Nate for fumbling the ball, but Utah was too conservative with Nate too. They were playing not to lose with Nate Johnson. And I think that is a discredit to Nate. They should have been playing to win. Yes, there was a risk that Nate would have fumbled and he would have had, he needed to stop doing that. But I still thought if you're trying to maximize and put him in the best position, you would, you would have ran the ball with Nate a lot more than Utah did kind of after, um, 
after they benched him for Bryson. I thought they tried to turn him into something that he wasn't. So if Nate can go to a place that allows him to be that dual threat elite quarterback that I think he has the potential to be, that's where I could still very well see him flourishing. And uh, once again, I'm still going to root for Nate Johnson whenever guys leave these programs like that. They they worked their tails off to put themselves in the position that Nate helped Utah win games. I don't think there is any reason we should have ill will towards him in that regard. Once again, I didn't love I didn't love leaving early. That's just a personal thing I said, but I can also completely understand it from Nate and I'm not going to pass judgment on it in terms of like, oh, this is, yes, like I said, I gave my opinion on it, but I'm not like, oh, he did, he differed from how I would have handled it. So I don't like that. That's, I, I think that's a ridiculous mindset to have. So that's where I just, like I said, we differ in the transferring philosophy there, but a lot of credit to Nate Johnson for all the things he did and the fun moments and the special plays he helped this Utah team make during his time in Salt Lake City. So best of luck to Nate, still a four-star, former four-star product who's made some nice plays against some really tough defenses throughout the season. And I'm excited to see where he goes because I will be continuing to root for Nate Johnson. Once a Ute, always a Ute, right? So I think that applies for Nate Johnson. So Nate Johnson's departing, but Coach Whittingham is officially staying. Was there a lot in the air about this, about him leaving? No, not until Pete Thamel threw it out there, but I still think there's some things we're talking about as it pertains to Coach Whittingham and why he decided to stay at Utah for sure. And I want to discuss those things in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's episode of Locked On Utes and our great friends at Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, and comedy and theater events near you. They have great last-minute deals, all-in price views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They have those last-minute tickets or flash deals, even including your zone deals, and they have view from your seat so you can see exactly what type of deal you'll be getting based on the view you'll have of the action. They have the lowest price guarantee, even advanced cancellation and job loss protection. And that Game Time guarantee, that low price guarantee, means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110 percent of the difference so you can download the game time app create an account and use code locked on college for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms do apply again create an account and redeem code l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-c-o-l-l-e-g-e for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed i also want to talk to you guys about our friends at uccu learn and earn the UCCU mobile banking app that pays your entire family to learn about money. Kids look to parents to become more financially literate, and parents don't always know the answers. Learner breaks down financial topics into fun, bite-sized educational games, like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points that can occur and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and more. There is age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against each other and track their progress on leaderboards. Learner is inside the UCCU mobile bank app, so you can play it anytime, anywhere. The more you play, the more you learn, and the more you learn, the more you earn. Learn and earn, part of UCC's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. UCC, love where you bank. All right, coming to this one, it is official Mike Elk, or I shouldn't say it's official, official. It is, yes, they already had the Mike Stoops thing fall apart. I do not see the Mike Elko thing falling apart. I do feel like he's going to be the next head coach at AM, officially ending the speculation that Kyle Whittingham would be the coach. And I should say the speculation, there wasn't much of it. The speculation kind of arose from Pete Thamel just throwing out there that Kyle Whittingham was um, it was on AM's radar. So there was kind of like that, oh, would would Whit really leave Utah? I think that was just a question that was kind of posed. And I think correctly, most fans did kind of shoot it down quickly and realize that it that just wasn't gonna happen. 
but it was still interesting that his name was thrown out there. It's a compliment to Kyle Whittingham that a job like the Texas A&M job, which I think is considered one of the top 25, maybe even top 20 to 15 jobs in college football, he was floated out that. And I think he it makes sense that he would be floated for a job like that because of the job he's done at Utah, raising the level and the profile of the program during his time as Utah's head coach here too. So when just talking about the situation too, I do think it was one that Utah would, would have stayed at Utah. I do want to talk about in the final segment on the show today, why I think there is a chance that, you know, Winningham would have, and maybe he did, we don't know these things. Like if he would have listened to the pitch to come to AM, or if there was a world he could potentially leave it, because I actually could see a world where Winningham was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't think that was a likely one. I'd put it under 5%, but I don't think I'd put it at zero because of those factors. Let's talk about in the next segment. But Let's talk a little bit more about why he stayed at Utah or didn't didn't make a harder push for the AM job based on everything that's been reported and just wanted to stay at Utah. Uh, I think the number one thing is he's already established Utah as a program versus he would have to go and build something at Texas AM. I should also add my 1A, 1B is he's beloved here and it's the job and has the job as long as he wants. Job security in college football for for most coaches is very uncertain. Kyle Whittingham. I, I think his deal runs through 27 or something like that. He has a lifetime deal. As long as Kyle Whittingham wants to be the head coach at Utah, he's going to be the head coach at Utah. There are very few coaches in the sports that have that. There are some coaches who even get gifted a deal that lasts a really long time, and it ends up being a mistake. Cough, cough. Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, what they're currently going through right now. But Kyle Whittingham is not in that position. He has this job, and he's also beloved here. And we just saw with a fan base like Texas A&M and so many other places it can be hard to win over a fan base. Like, yes, they're all going to be your biggest cheerleaders and supporters and they'll root for you and everything like that, but lose some games and and then check back in and see all those guys who are being a buddy, buddy with you, the donors and all those things like that at the opening press conferences or just where you first got the job, check back. And I think the mood will change a little bit because the only thing those people care about is winning and they want they were your friend at first when they thought you were going to win for them and then when you don't win that relationship kind of changes a little bit and i think i'm sure that's how jimbo fisher would say his time towards uh, texas a&m kind of soured towards the end of that entire situation but this the other thing that's so hard to do in college football which i think is one of the biggest reasons utah would have wanted to stay at utah regardless is it is so hard to win and just not even just win i should say but build a program utah is in an incredibly nice position still. Even with going into the Big 12, with all the Big 12 programs that are not in a great position, I still think Utah is set up for success. Initially, I wasn't sure about Utah's ability to be able to compete in the Big 12 during their first year for two reasons. Number one, being Cam Rising, not being there. How would Utah do without their star quarterback? You know, the transition from him to Huntley, or I guess there was a Jake Bentley year, erase that. We forgot about that during COVID and everything. But, you know, those quarterbacks have done such a great job leading Utah. How would Utah do without them? And we saw that Utah did very well without Cam this year and just transferring in a conference like that where you're losing so much star power, I thought would have been tough for Utah, but now they're making that transition with Cam rising. And we just saw Utah without Cam rising still managed to win eight games, which is extremely impressive. And with better quarterback play, something I expect going forward to happen, not just for without Cam, not just with Cam coming back, but looking years ahead, if Isaac Wilson's that guy, all those type of things, I expect the quarterback play to continue to be high in Salt Lake City, not like it was this year, subpar a lot of the times with Bryson Barnes just being a very good backup quarterback at times making plays, but making the mistakes that still made him a backup. But this is a Utah program that is established. They have a winning tradition. They should continue to win. Players come in here knowing what the standard is. They know what it's set. There's a culture in place. You're not trying to turn that over and turn it around. It's hard to shake off a losing culture. It's hard to get guys to come in and buy in that are winning players to a program that struggled in the past. 
Utah is going to continue to recruit winning players because guys who come to Utah know they can win. They will have a fair chance to complete, compete for playing time, and they will get their skills developed to, for a chance to succeed in the NFL level while once again winning and competing for conference championships. Texas A&M, yes, they have developed players for the NFL, but I will say not in – I don't remember the last Devin Lloyd for them, and I know – and like Utah's had Devin Lloyd and Dalton Kincaid, and they're not going to have any first-round picks this year, but I, I off the top of my head, I can't remember the last A&M first-round pick. Maybe I'm missing someone super obvious, but in the last couple of years – Maybe an offensive lineman, that's it. But there hasn't really been a uh, a star out of Texas A&M, at least in the past few seasons, by my uh, my recollection, uh, recollection, excuse me. And, um, yeah, this is the thing where if you're going to A&M, you, you guys don't know about that. There's also the winning and turning the culture around versus we were reading the story that Jimbo Fisher, I think it was The Athletic wrote about Jimbo Fisher and how he was, like, looking at 24-7 recruiting classes because they wanted to get recruits in there who were currently high-ranked but didn't necessarily fit the culture of the team and what they had. So there, there are some guys at AM like that still where it might be hard to turn the culture around because those guys are still about themselves first and foremost. I'm just saying those are things that might exist there that we know don't exist at Utah based on what we've seen this team play out. It's just not easy to turn a culture around and improve it too. And we know for sure that him staying at Utah, he would continue to win at Utah, whether it is the weekend big 12 or just the strong position he has this team and program in because of the culture and what we mentioned. Winning in the SEC is not a sure thing when you're a down program. Alabama and Georgia, once again, Utah, top of the Big 12 right now, in my opinion. They're one of the elite programs in the Big 12. Texas A&M is not one of the elite programs right now. In fact, off the top of my head, if we're going to run down it for programs I currently like in a better position, even if Mike Elko does get to A&M, just like right now, who's in a better position in the SEC, I would still go Alabama. I would still go Georgia. I would still go with Tennessee. I would still go with a Missouri. I would, of course, still go with LSU. That's just five off the top of my head, because I, I really like what Missouri did this year, too. So could Michael Elko eventually get them to a place where they pass Missouri? Of course, it's kind of a weird year that Missouri had, but they're bringing their coach and everyone back, at least at the moment. So I success, su- suspect that success to continue for them versus I got to see it out of AM. Even though I think Elko could get them to that point, if Missouri can continue to be a top 15 team, that could be a lofty place that AM has to get eventually. And even, once again, getting the top 15 is not guaranteed. We've seen high recruiting classes like the one Jimbo brought in fail because the pieces don't fit. It's why Utah has consistently beat teams that bring in better recruiting classes than them. Utah recruits the right players for their system that fit better, and they do a great job developing them. Texas A&M does not always recruit the right players, and they don't always do a great job developing them. So I think all those things do have to matter in this situation, and there are some of the many reasons that I do believe Witt was always going to remain at Utah, even if he was one of the serious contenders considered for this job. But let us do a little what if. What if Kyle Whittingham was really interested in the job? What what situations would have attracted him to Texas A&M? Why would he have thought, why would he have wanted to leave Utah for A&M hypothetically? Let's look at those reasons in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. Yes, Utah is not competing in the Pac-12 championship game, but there are tons of great games, not just in the college level, but of course at the NFL level coming up these next few weeks. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. 
And once again, whether it's the great slate of conference championship games we have coming up or lots of NFL action continuing to heat up, whether I know a lot of you guys are Broncos fans, they're continuing to do some strong things here with Russell Wilson getting hot the right time, Sean Payton getting his culture set in. Are they going to continue to keep it going? There's some Seahawks fans too. Are they going to turn around after a rough loss to the Niners? You know, the Raiders lost to the Chiefs. There's no shame in that. Antonio Pierce is doing a great job there. All those games and action available for you to get in on at FanDuel. All right, closing it out, talking about why Witt would potentially consider leaving for Texas A&M. Once again, I don't think this is something that seriously occurred, but I do think there are things about A&M that Utah, that Witt would have potentially found appealing and would consider going there if he had done that. Let's start off with the number one thing. I do think that probably would have had the most consideration is I do believe this, oh, and this is going to be a little bit of a hot take for Saturday, I'm sure, but I think the ceiling at Texas A&M in today's college football world is higher than what it is for Utah. Could Utah – well, Utah should make some college football playoffs coming up here soon. They've been one of the best 12 teams for the last two seasons, but not one of the best 12 teams this season because of all the injuries. But I do think Utah will make college football playoffs. And I think they could go on a run and do some nice things. But I feel like Utah's ceiling is what a TCU kind of type thing did just right now. Utah just hasn't recruited players, and I think they'd have a better showing if they faced off against Georgia, but I don't see Utah in the class at this moment of the Georgias in the Alabama, and I just don't think that Utah would ever be a dynasty like those teams where they're winning three out of four national championships. I think Utah has a chance to make playoffs, go on runs, get some upsets, all that type of things, but the position, the reason Texas A&M is a higher ceiling because of the NIL funding they receive and I should just say the funding they received, the facilities, all that, plus them being central in Texas is a big thing. I've spoken about this numerous times on my show. The perception of playing in a state like Texas versus the perception of playing in a state like Utah is a very real thing that exists. It is easier to rec- – even it's not true. It's not true. I've talked about that several times too. But there are multiple recruits who would be like, I don't want to go to Utah, who are from Texas. I moved from Texas to Utah. And I had multiple people tell me I would not do that. <laughs> and, and even I enjoyed it. I had a great time, as I mentioned. I loved every second about my time in Utah. But there are some people who just don't want to go to Utah, as we just, as I discussed. So with Texas A&M, it's in Texas, a place that is known. Texas, Florida, California, kind of the three states known for high school football or just in football in general, some of the football craziest states too. Texas A&M has a diehard and a very passionate fan base. And NIL is becoming all the rage in college football. It's something Utah recently stepped up their game with by giving away those Ford trucks. And we know that Texas A&M is very, very, very loaded because they're willing to pay a $77 million buyout. So the money factor would definitely come in, whether that's more than likely. I do think that Texas A&M could offer probably more than Utah could. So if you were good to go there, would get a raise from Texas A&M. And also, if Utah if it was to go from Utah to Texas A&M, he would have access to more NIL money, meaning more than likely he'd be able to bring in better players. Texas A&M had the top recruiting class literally two years ago. Utah will never have the top recruiting class in college football. I love this Utah program, but let's also be realistic. They just had their best ever last year when they were 20th. Could Utah maybe get in the top 15 eventually? Yes, but even that's going to be really hard because, once again, think about where these guys play, and a lot of them like to stay home. They like to stay in Texas, Florida, and California, and or places like you know Ohio State for what they've done for so long, Georgia. There's just other programs that just have the higher ceiling because of the NIL access being part of the equation as well. So I do think there are factors that would have potentially led Wit to AM. And I'll also say this. Wit's legacy is set in stone, secure at Utah. I talked about that's one of the positives of staying at Utah. If – 
you were to go and win at Texas A&M, bring them back to and win them a national championship, Kyle Whittingham would – he's currently one of the five best coaches in college football, I believe. I honestly think that Kyle Whittingham would enter a stratosphere all-time that would be very strong because bringing back Texas A&M would be an incredible feat since they have struggled for a very long time, and he would be a legend there forever with how rabid of a fan base they had and how they are constantly kind of over-evaluating, I think, estimating where their ceiling is. But they do have a chance and the potential just because of the NIL where it exists to maybe get back to that standpoint. I at least see that position of it. So I, I do think that Utah, uh, Kyle Whittingham made the right decision. I, I think he always wanted to stay at Utah. There are things that are more important than money, but I do understand, especially in terms of the winning ceiling because of the, what NIL can offer, the allure and the types of players you can recruit because of that NIL money, the allure of going to Texas A&M. But I'm sure glad he's going to be staying at Utah. I do think, I know he always talks about retirement and floated out there. I think he's going to stay at least another year at the moment, hopefully longer than that. The school obviously will have Wait as long as he wants to coach. I would love for Utah for Kyle Whittingham to be the coach of Utah as long as he would like to as well. And I'm sure most of you feel the same way, even though every once in a while I see a crazy take about Kyle Whittingham not doing a good enough job. Um, but that's neither here nor there. We don't need to go on that rant to end this episode. But that is going to do it for today's show. Throughout this week on Locked On Utes, we are going to be talking more transfer portal stuff, what positions Utah will be targeting. Also, looking at positionally wise where I think some of the guys that Utah has that just walked on senior day, if they're going to be coming back or leaving, it's a loaded show of lockdown use, even though there's no game to talk about at the moment, including looking at some of the bull predictions where Utah could end up at, we'll break down some of those matchups and my excitement level. If they were to go to so-and-so bowl coming up on this week's locked on Utes. We'll see you then.